Hacking Your Health podcast with Ben Canning and Dave Kennedy. Two guys heading out to hack body, mind, business, and beyond. We are here to provide a single source, bullshit-free guide to understanding your body and how you can live better for longer. Yo, welcome back. I'm Ben Canning. And I'm Dave Kennedy. And this is another episode of Hacking Your Health Podcast. Oh, so we'll this is another episode into that. That's new. Yeah, well, it is another episode. It is. It is. It's just even a little bit, little bit different today. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I have to change it every time because yeah. people expect the yo, and then I think that what follows on from that can always be different. Yeah, I agree. Good job. Good intro. And it's also a different day. It's a different day that we're recording on, so I'm a bit all over the place. It so is, I think that's, that's, that has thrown me off. Dude, I I, I, um, I I talked to somebody today. I'm like, hey, it's Friday. Happy Friday. And they're like, no, it's Thursday. I'm like, oh, yeah, I have no idea what's going on anymore. <laughs> right. Well, apart from having no idea what's going on, how are you? What's been up with you? Listen, I'll tell you, uh, busy, busy, busy. It's uh, It's been definitely the busiest two weeks I think I've had in a very long time. Um, just with everything going on with Ukraine and, you know, companies freaking out about, Hey, are we going to be targeted? You know, what can we do to better prepare ourselves and, you know, being on the news all the time and everything. And then on top of that, I took up, you know, I couldn't get enough coaching with my sixth grade kids. So I started an AAU team on the off season. So I'm coaching like hardcore and, you know, in the, you know, in the off season, I got a great, great team of kids, same kids from my previous team. So we're just kind of moving on and, 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 uh, doing different things. So it's just like, Every aspect of my time has been been consumed. In fact, uh, if you're watching the YouTube stream, I apologize. My hair is all jacked up and I'm all sweaty and oily. I uh, I haven't showered since yesterday morning, so I need, I need to get a shower. In. <laughs> as soon as I get done here, I'm going for a shower. Um, and I worked out twice, three three times since then. So I I, I don't. It's just as well you have your have your own gym. Yeah, yes. First, you have your gym. If you stink, it doesn't matter. But uh, you know, luckily, luckily, Aaron hasn't said anything um, you know about it. But uh, no, but things have been going good. Uh, just busy getting my workouts in. Uh, you know, yesterday is a great story where um, I was so busy all day. Like, I couldn't even think I, about working out. I just didn't have time. I got Orange Siri first thing in the morning. And then literally my day was just a disaster. Just meeting after meeting after business thing after driving here, driving there. And I couldn't get my workout in. And I um, I got home at 9 o'clock. It was 9.30. 9.30 last night. And I get down and I'm like, oh. Man, it's like I, I I personally hate working out at night. I don't know how anybody works out at night. It, it like it just sucks. Like you're ready, you know. Like and there's there's some science behind this too. Like people that can work out by the way at night, more power to you. Keep doing it. Um, for me, I, I just can't do it. And, and there's some science behind it too, like around how your body's kind of you know unwinding and, and moving downward and starting to get prepared for sleep and stuff like that. And then you kind of do your workout. And you're like, ah, I'm all wired now again. But uh, I went downstairs and, and got a fantastic leg workout. Completely destroyed myself. Uh, did, did you know? PR'd and got you know a whole new set of volume, which was which was awesome. And it wasn't just a little bit; it was like fifteen thousand new pounds of, of volume on my legs, which I don't even know how it's possible. But I was definitely dreading going upstairs last night. And then this morning, did the exact same thing. Hit hit the ground running uh, first thing this morning with an upper day, and uh, did awesome. So you know things have been going really good. Training's been going great. Strength is increasing and improving. Uh, you know, really can't complain at all, man. Things have been good. But how about you? How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm laughing. At, I'm actually sweaty too. So I've just come back. I was training legs for YouTube with Helmy. So you can imagine the um, the absolute shit that you're he's. Alive. I know. I can actually feel my hamstrings. Like it's as if they're just you know you're holding one end and I'm holding the other end. Like they're just burly, <laughs> burly staying together. Um, but no, it was good fun. He's four weeks and three days out from his show, so things are getting quite serious on his end. So it's oh, interesting yeah. to sort of see that process and what that actually looks like and it's funny because we had a conversation of you know you expect to really be suffering at that stage but the way that he sort of managed things and because he does this you know so long term it's not as as bad as he imagined it's going to be it could be yeah. in the next few weeks but so far he's still got his head screwed on and remembers his name so um we're so far so good but other than that well, everything's for, good for, first first we have to say Helmy's a big boy Helmy is a big boy yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is a big fucking boy um big strong boy yeah 
Um, but no, training was good fun. Um, I hadn't really trained at that intensity in a long time. There's always more intensity whenever I'm training with him and especially whenever there's a guy with a camera in your face because I'm like, shit, I need to actually look like I'm training, <laughs> training hard here. Um, so yeah, that was good fun. Apart from that, everything's going well. Um, works good. As you know, I've, I've introduced a couple of new people into the BC family, um, which has been good. People from lots of different places, Spain, Japan, other people in America, Canada. So awesome. it's been interesting. Um, talking to different people on different places. Um, but yeah, other than that, everything's good on my end. That's great. Uh, I actually got a question about the the training with Helmy. So, you know, if he's preparing for, for a competition in like three or four weeks, like what's what's his day look like as far as, I mean, is he like on a, a deficit where he's just trying to cut up to, so that he's... So he, I mean, what does his day look like? Um, his morning routine lasts about an hour and a half from what he told me this, this morning. So like get up, um, has to do some posing so that he's, you know, constantly going through the, the different movements and whatever else and then his supplements gets his food ready for the day goes out and does like a 20 minute walk then goes obviously does work and whatever else has his sessions he four four sessions across the week um and then obviously his foods is regimented i think last week was the first time his food had been reduced so when we say a deficit yeah, I think he's still eating like four thousand calories, but that's obviously a, a deficit. A deficit for me, which is actually interesting in terms of the the topic that we want to discuss today. But the I guess, I guess actually a funny point to note, as I said about the suffering. You know, we sort of had this conversation at the end of the session, and he, he was doing some posing, and he was like, "I feel like I need to be a lot leaner." And I think in in both of our heads, we are trying to imagine what it's going to be like for him when he's on stage, or what the category is. So he's doing heavy weight bodybuilder. So to me, I think of like heavyweight bodybuilders of like, not maybe to that level, but the guys who are on the Olympic stage, like they're really fucking big boys who aren't actually yeah. super, super, super lean. So there's yeah. a difference between being like stage lean and being like absolutely shredded. Um, and I think yeah. different categories host different things. Um, so I think he's a little bit like, oh, I don't feel like I should feel like this. Like it's not that difficult. Like, um, you know, he says I've got a bit too much body fat and he's like, pinching the smallest amount of body fat. Like, yeah, I think I think you're all gonna be okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think the the thing that we sort of came was like, you know, I think for that heavyweight bodybuilding the the upper weight limit is it's 102 kilos or whatever that is in pounds. Um so you want to be at that upper range. So it's about fullness and it's about muscle density. It's not necessarily about being absolutely inside out shredded. So I think that's that's sort of playing on his mind a little bit because he's he's used to anything that he's done before. It's just I need to get as lean and as conditioned as possible. Um, so yeah, much, I mean, how much does he weigh overall? He is one hundred and three kilos this morning. So whatever that is in pounds, it's like two hundred and one hundred three times two point two twenty six point six kilo or pounds. And how tall is he? Oh, five ten. I'm gonna say okay. five eleven, maybe. Gotcha. So he's, he's I mean, a bit, bit a smaller size, like as far as height. Yes, but he's a yeah. big fucking boy. He's a big boy. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's interesting awesome. to sort of see. Um, and as I said, you know, I've got about four, four and a bit weeks. Um, and I think the coach that he's working with on that, it's their first time working together. So there's a bit of like him getting to know him and him getting to know his process. And like, mm -hmm. you know, some coaches, some coaches will get you ready six weeks out and then basically want you to stay lean, but grow into the show. Some coaches will plan it the, literally the day that you're, you know, you need to be ready on that day and that's all that matters. So it'll be interesting. Um, couple of weeks. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, let me know how, how it goes. And, uh, you know, maybe we can talk about it on the podcast. How was, how was showing. Cause I'm, I was curious about that. Like, you know, how I mean, we can get him on that he is a fucking interesting character and you'll have an interesting conversation with him. Like, we can definitely, definitely get him on. We should get him on. We should get him on. I think that'd be awesome. Okay. Okay. I'll set that up. I'll set that up. It's so funny. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a thick accent, doesn't he? Uh, <laughs> I, think I, I think I remember from his videos, he's got like a thick, like, Irish or Scottish accent or something. No, but he's from he's from Belfast. Like, he's got a Belfast accent. Okay, but okay. Yeah, he's... Okay. he's uh, <laughs> it'll be funny yeah we'll get him on sorry if I, the, if I insulted you or him or no him, not me no no the, 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 I, just, I thought he had a pretty pretty thick accent like you can understand I'm not telling yeah I'm not telling I'm not telling um, I don't want to make him beat me up <laughs> <laughs> but yeah we'll get him on we should maybe get him on I guess we get him on after maybe yeah. after the show so that he maybe can we'll talk, talk about, about it, how he prepares for that and like you know his routines and you know like you know obviously being that big He's got such a volume, you know, of muscle mass that you know he needs the yeah. calories, obviously, to maintain or to grow. 
And yeah. uh, just curious how he balances that and how he, you know, like I always, you know, what's great about having you is, is, you know, I have a good baseline of where I'm, sh- where I should be at from a calorie perspective, you know, but it's always like that, that how do you know, as you grow where your calories need to be at and those types of things. And I think it's a good discussion, obviously today, what we're going to be talking about when yeah. calories in versus calories out don't work. And, yeah. you know, it, we, we've talked about this before on a lot of podcasts and I don't want to get to the X. I want to talk about multivitamins in a second. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, it's interesting to note, like calories in versus calories out is true hundred percent from a thermal dynamics perspective or thermogenics perspective, but it's not always true. And, and we'll get into that today about when calories in versus calories out don't work. And yeah. I think there's a lot of good nuances about that and understanding that as we're trying to go through and track and lose weight and everything else. Um, but to get into the topic of multivitamins, so I got into a bit of a, a tiff or argument. Uh, someone might have gotten the band hammer uh, on Discord, but uh, got a little too saucy. But uh, um, it was actually an interesting conversation because you know it was a different perspective, and and I always welcome different perspectives, 100. percent In fact. I like being challenged. I like being educated uh, in, in being challenged and understanding other people's views and perspectives. Because I think, you know, when you have a common dialogue with somebody that disagrees with you, your understanding of a topic becomes much greater. And I think that's something we all, we've obviously lost as a society because of social media and everything else. And it's a great, you know, uh, a great point because the conversation started off more with in education. But as soon as I started disagreeing with this individual, he became extremely hostile and toxic, right? And that's exactly what happens in our in our society today. And again, I try to be more more patient and to you know say, hey, I'm not trying to say you're wrong in any way. I'm just trying to understand, you know, like where you're coming from. And I think there's a good balance, and it's really up to the individual and the person. And my situation is very different than anybody else. And you know, it was very much a hard line to say, no, if you take multivitamins, you're the devil, you know. And and I was like, okay, like, that's that's a bit extreme. Let's talk more about why that is and and why you think that. And, you know, I referenced a couple of scientific studies and, you know, it, it was immediately met with discrediting, you know, my point of view saying, oh, those medical studies, you know, it's from the same people that made the, you know, food charts and they're all wrong and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, okay, well, if we're not going to have a rational discussion with science and, you know, like science-based facts and understanding what's going on, if you're going to use some bro science stuff, you know, that you, you, you think is important, I, I, I can't have a discussion with you. And then it started getting more and I ended up banning them, but um, you know, ultimately I hold the, the hammer, so it's good. But I, I do want to talk about multivitamins because it is such a interesting debate. So it's something like 51% of the United States population uses a multivitamin. And the research is very mixed on multivitamins in general from a supplementation perspective of whether or not they provide a benefit or they don't. And, you know, obviously the rationality and thought pattern is, is that, you know, if we're not getting the nutrients that we need to from our diets, our, our, our food-based diets, supplementing with nutrients that can provide our body with everything that it needs um, is probably beneficial. And and most people don't have a, a phenomenal diet. So multivitamins to me makes sense for f- folks that don't have a phenomenal diet. But also there was a research out of NIH uh, back in 2006 that showed that people that go through extensive amounts of either resistance training, cardio, or any type of, of athletic activity that puts a strain on your body, even through whole food diet uh, type type um, uh, uh, you know food, food intake, did not regenerate or replenish all the micronutrients needed for your body. So it leads you to believe that hey, listen, my, you know uh, supplements may be beneficial for you now. You know, the supplements that are out there today are, you know, you got to be really careful because they could be way overboard on what you need from a, a vitamins and minerals perspective. You know, you need to be very careful around what you're doing as far as, you know, loading in certain types of, of vitamins and things to that effect. But at the end of the day, um, there was also an additional study back in 2017 that showed that, you know, uh, supplements did not hurt you. And, but it also didn't seem to have a major in fact, uh, impact on cardiovascular health, like heart attack, things like that, strokes. Uh, but may help in the long term around your longevity of health and, and you know, things to that effect. So it's still an, an open air discussion. A lot of uh, doctors and scientists and things to that effect are kind of split um, in this community. A lot of them are, are very pro vitamins. A lot of them are not, you know, so it's up to you, I think, to make a determination on whether or not multivitamins are part of your regular routine. But one thing that I want to emphasize is that, you know, we're not advocating, hey, you need to take a bunch of supplements you know, to be, you know, living a healthy lifestyle. If you're doing a great whole foods, you know, uh, type of, of, you know, a nutrient rich type of, 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 of diet, that's fantastic. You know, good on you. And, and you can probably get most of your micronutrients directly from that. 
what I would say is think about doing some micronutrient testing in your, in your life. You know, I get mine done every six months and to see where I might be deficient at from a micronutrient perspective, but at least start to, to understand, Hey, what does your body need? What are you deficient on? What are you not getting through your normal, you know, day-to-day activities and then supplement as necessary um, based off of that. To me, a multivitamin is necessary also because of my, my health issues that I have. I, I, I have issues with absorbing iron. I have issues with absorbing B12. I have issues with vitamin D as pretty much everybody in the world does, uh, especially in, in the Western countries. Um, so, you know, those are small things that you can incorporate into your plan to help supplement where, what your body needs in order to, to be in a normal range of, of, of vitamins for yourself. So that's my one thing. Pass it over to you, Ben, for any comments you have on that. Uh, first of all, fuck that guy. Um, I think that, <laughs> I think that, as you said, you know, I'm I'm always open to perspectives, listening to other people's opinions, and having a conversation about it. I'm I'm not the person that's going to say, no, you're wrong, or I'm right, and this is the only way. But I think that needs to be, you know, mirrored on the other side. That okay, look, yeah. you're entitled to your opinion, and that's it. It's fine. It's not like no, this is the way, and that is it. So. Yeah, fuck that guy. Um, in well, terms the thing, the of, thing that uh, bothered me with the whole situation is he said multiple times, you're being reckless by recommending multivitamins. I'm like, how am I being reckless by recommending? First of all, I'm not even recommending multivitamins. I use multivitamins. Here's what I use. I'm not saying you should go and do it. I'm just saying, you know, for me, you know, the, the three staples of what I would consider things that I want to add would be, or I guess four staples would be a multivitamin, omega-3s, you know, fish oils, fatty acids, creatine and protein like that protein shakes like those are the four things that i would recommend somebody probably do but again that's me i'm not a nutritionist i'm not a doctor i read a lot of research but at the end of the day that's for me how am i being reckless with that it's so stupid so stupid anyways well yes i think i think exactly well first of all i would like to say anything that we say on this it's obviously from personal experience and i'm not saying that you know you have to take this you have to take that and anybody who's had any capacity of conversation with me in a coaching perspective or even on a call or whatever I never recommend supplements straight off the bat. In fact, I'm almost anti doing that because I think that there's so many more things that we can do and take care of before we actually even need to look at that, if we need to look at it at all. Um, And I think exactly what you said, you know, you need to look at it. It it depends how much you want to get into it. But if you look at it from a hormonal perspective or a, like you said, about, you know, nutrient testing and whatever else, then you can literally see in front of you in black and white what you're deficient in. And okay, yes, a multivitamin is probably blanket and quite generic and you can take it and get whatever you need from it or whatever. Or you can go down the route of actually go, okay, right, I'm deficient in this, 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 and this. I need to be a bit more, bit more specific in it. I can get them from this sort of different places and it, I'll, I'll, I'll make it up myself. So I think you just need to sort of know where you're at with it and, and make your own decision. But again, you know, I'm not here recommending this or that. Do I take one myself? Yes. Do I eat majority whole foods? Yes. Do I get a lot of nutrients and micronutrients? Yes. Am I going to take something that potentially will make it 1% better? Fucking absolutely right I am because that's what yeah. that's ultimately what we're here for and, and what it's about. Um, but yeah, so that's... People are funny. like, But yeah, that um, that's my stance on it too. I think yeah, it's, it's, it comes down to understanding yourself and your body and it's not like... I mean, to call it the devil is hilarious. And the people who, who push them are, are also the devil. It's like, okay, right, well, you're not willing to have a, an actual adult conversation here. So, I'd... yeah. Well, that's, that's the, I guess, the, the word of advice for today is that if you're having a, a, a heated discussion on something that you impassionately believe in, you know, to the core and to the T, you know, someone also probably passionately believes in a certain situation. And by completely dismissing and shutting down that conversation, just makes you look like an idiot. You know, it, it, it's not going to change that person's perspective. It's not going to change anybody else's perspective. It's going to make you look like an idiot. So be more respectful of one another. Talk to one another. Understand one another's perspectives. You know what? Some things will change. And honestly, after I started getting the, the reckless comments and all this other stuff, I just stopped stopped paying attention to what he had to say because, it you know, it, it wasn't a discussion at that point. It wasn't, hey, where am I not understanding you know, where am I not understanding the science or the data or, you know, th- new things that are coming out that I haven't seen before or your perspectives of things? Instead, it was just, you know, a complete dismissal. And that's not a way to have a conversation. So, but I think you've run into that a lot, you know, in this industry around the fitness industry where you have a lot of folks that, you know, are in keto, for example, and it's only keto. That's all you can do, right? Uh, or it's this or that or this, or you have to do, 
you know, really low reps in order to build your strength up, or you have to do super high reps in order to grow muscles, or you have to do this or that. And it's, it's just, you know, it's this empirical belief system that like, if this works for me, it has to be the right way. And there's no other way to think about it. And I think there's a lot of different ways to skin a cat. And, you know, it's just, you know, again, understanding other people's perspectives, I think is really important. Yeah, and I think exactly what you said there is you you need to understand it for yourself. And this is exactly why I wanted to have this discussion today. Um, and I think, you know, again, anybody who's ever spoken to me, I, I always say to them, I was like, look, I realize that the internet is a total shit show because you can read back to back things that will literally contradict each other and one minute you need to do this and then the next article saying, no, that's the wrong thing to do and whatever else. And the thing about it is, to an extent, they're all right and they're all wrong because for some people, X, Y, and Z will work and for others, it'll be a total shit show and it won't work. And I think that's where you need to sort of carve your own path and think, right, okay, well, I'm going to take bits from that and bits from this and create something that works that works well for for me. And I think, you know, even if we've spoken about before, like the term intermittent fasting, while there is a whole cult behind it, I do definitely think there is a lot of benefits to, you know, pushing back your, you know, your breakfast or windowed eating or extended fasts. I'm not here trying to sell you an intermittent fasting program, but I definitely think that there are elements that we can, that we can take from it. So I think, having that open mind and being able to have a discussion with someone, but also having the common sense to go, okay, right, this sort of works for me, but I don't like the way that is. So I can take this element and take this element and sort of create something that actually works for me. And that ultimately is number one, why I want to have this conversation. And number two, what I try and do and give to every client that I work with. Yeah. Uh, you know, getting into the topic of like what works for you, what works for, for somebody else, you know, it's, it's, we're all different, right? We all have different genetics. We have different lifestyles. We have different food. We have different, you know, access to different things based on, you know, where we live or, or jobs or things of that effect. So, you know, building something, and this is where I, I really get down to the, you have to have an understanding around how your body works before you really make a plunge into coming up with a successful plan, right? Because if you don't understand your body, your routine, your schedule, how you react to certain things, you know, it's not going to be a successful journey for you in most, most cases, because, you know, I really think it's, it's one of those pieces where, you know, it, everybody's different. And a good example yesterday, um, I was talking about my macronutrient breakdown and Yesterday, I think I had something like it was like 86 grams of carbs and 86 grams of protein happened to match up exactly. It was just, which is crazy. Um, and then uh, you know it was like 11 grams of fat, right? And it was it was like a combination of, of oatmeal, um, Greek yogurts, and uh, protein shakes. Um, it was my kind of like my my uh, after Orange Theory workouts replenish my glycogen stores and also get protein in for the morning for protein synthesis. Um, and you know Yuri had mentioned, and, and Yuri's awesome by the way. Um, uh, I always like seeing his post. That guy is so jacked. He's like, he's like, he's, he's like 45 or something like that. And he's like, I want to be just like him. You know what I, you know, when I grow up. Um, yeah. When I grow but, up, uh, I want to be like Yuri. Yeah. 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 I would be like, you're going to tattoo being like Yuri. But, uh, um, you know, Yuri's like, he's like, he's like, I'm glad that works for you. He's like, I found that I have to have a little more fat in my diet, um, you know, in order for me to be able to uh, feel good and, and not pack on a bunch of pounds through carbs. So, you know, our bodies react very differently to, carbs versus fats versus proteins. And to say that, hey, if you cut out all fats and you just run protein and, and, and carbs may work for one person, but you may need to be more more fat centric in your diet based on how your body operates and works and your metabolism and everything else. So, you know, it's this, this constant like trying to fine tune and make things better. I think that that becomes important to understand how your body actually operates and works. Yeah, I, I fully agree. And, you know, I'm, I'm the opposite of that. And I, I think I've mentioned this before, like, I know that my body responds well to higher carbs. And there have been times in the past that I have eaten as many as 800, 900, potentially 1000 grams of carbs per day, because I know how well my body responds to them. I need to keep fats low because my body just prefers it. I can stay a lot leaner. Not that it's in any way thing and nothing against fats at all, but just my body prefers to be that way. And yeah. I think this is exactly a point that I want to sort of bring up. And it's, you know, for me, this this conversation around calories in versus calories out, the, the caveat to this is that, yes, it makes sense. The science makes sense. Yes, it will work for the majority of people. Absolutely no doubt. But I want to have this conversation because it doesn't work for anybody. And I know that there will be a lot of frustrations and people being like, oh, well, I've worked this out and I have this and this is what I'm doing, but it's just not working for me. And I want people to know that it's not 
that they're the issue. It's they just need to go a little bit deeper and, and actually work out what's going on. And it's not that, you know, potentially it just doesn't work for them. And I think for me, and again, I've said this before, like I've spent so long tracking food and tracking data and tracking information that I have a pretty good sense of exactly what I need and when I need it. I don't want to say that it's intuitive eating and I know that's a whole other rabbit hole that we can go down one day, but it's probably as close to it as possible because, okay, yes, I potentially don't track my food for a while, but nine plates out of 10, I'll be able to give you a pretty decent, accurate breakdown of what the food looks like in terms of calories, protein, fats and carbs and whatever else because I put the time in to actually understand it and actually, you know, learn and, and you guys put the hours in with it. And I think that's that's one point that I wanted to note that although people don't like counting calories and they don't like tracking their food for whatever reason, the first thing I'll say is it doesn't need to be something that you do forever, but it definitely needs to be something you do for some period of time because it gives you an understanding of how food's made up, how you know, it's broken down, you know, the different, you know, calorie amounts, you know, portion sizes are a total shit show depending on where you are in the world. Like nobody really has an understanding of what a portion is um, and have an understanding of like what your body needs versus what you're actually consuming. So it doesn't need to be a forever thing, but it definitely needs to be at some stage thing. Um, but again, it, it just comes down to time, understanding what you need, putting the hours in and actually learning. And as you said, refining it towards yourself, as you and I have done you know, in the past, I think we're coming up to 18 months now. Um, so I think, you know, it, it literally just takes takes time to do it. Yeah. So the, we get into it. For, for, let's do it. Let's do it. Right. So calories in versus calories out. Do you want to, I'll let you cover the calories in versus calories out because you mentioned it quite a lot and then I'm going to give you sure. the, uh, what I, what I have here. So we talk about calories in versus calories out. Over to you. All right. So, you know, We've done a lot of previous podcasts on this specific topic, and, it, and it's an important one. It's actually probably one of the most fundamental important ones for you to understand about uh, nutrition and, and how to lose or gain weight. Um, your body works very similarly by the amount of energy you consume, the amount of energy you burn, the you know amount of calories that you need in order to either replenish that and to be in what we either call a surplus or a deficit. Surplus being we eat more calories than we, we actually um, uh, generate or, or consume. Uh, versus caloric deficit, which is we are having to go to fat stores and things like that to uh, get additional calories for our bodies because we're not eating enough calories for our body to be able to consume. That's obviously how you lose weight. So, you know, the big, you know, simple, simplification of this is, is that if you eat less food um, than your body consumes, then you will lose weight. If you eat more calories than your body consumes, you, you know, you will be in a de uh, surplus and you will gain weight. And that's basically the, the ins and outs of, you know, the thermodynamics of thermogenics of your body um, and how that actually operates. So again, it's all energy production in your body, what your body uses in order to replenish that energy. And ultimately your fat stores are what are, what is used in order to uh, use additional energy in the event that you need it. Um, and there's like a, a two prong system that happens and I'm not going to get into the Specifics of this has been a while since I've researched that piece, but basically, in order for your body to use fat um, as an energy source, one, it has to basically allocate the fat to be used, and it also has to transport that fat for for energy use. So there's like two kind of systems that have to work there. So it's like, hey, I'm getting you ready to be used, and then okay, now I actually need to use you. So in order for that to accomplish it, there's a lot of different ins and outs that happen there. But for the simplistic, you know, sense of everything, it's really hey. If, if my body burns 2000 calories a day and I eat 1500 calories, I will be in a 500 calorie deficit. And ultimately that adds up over time to where your body will continue to eat away at fat, your fat stores reserves in order to replenish that. So calories in versus calories out. It's what we call total daily energy expenditure. Yeah. And it does, you know, it does work and I'm not against it. And, you know, it will work for the majority of people. And obviously there are calculators and we've, you know, if you're tracking and managing everything properly, then yes, it will work and that's absolutely fine. But there will come a point that I guess the, the best way to put it is it works until it doesn't work. So whether that is with an individual, if it works for them for a while, then it stops working or whether it's just with an individual that it doesn't work for at all. And there's two main there's a lot of points that I want to talk about, but there's two main points that I want to talk about whenever we're talking about calories themselves. So calories in versus calories out is fine. But whenever we talk about calories, the first thing that we want to talk about is 
obviously the, the quantity of them is the amount of calories you're putting in, but the quality of the calories matters as well. So, you know, obviously there was a big if it fits your macros movement where everybody was eating Pop-Tarts for breakfast and Skittles as post-workout <laughs> and it was fine. But the issue that then came from that was obviously the quality of the food because people were told, well, I can just fucking eat whatever I want as long as it fits within my macros. So you were creating these weird meals and whatever, you know, sort of came along with it. And there was no real solid guidelines in terms of what that should actually look like. Now, a caveat to that is, you know, and you'll know this yourself, like whenever I'm programming and I give you your calorie breakdown, I will always say have 80% whole foods, nutrient dense, single source foods, things that have been either alive at some point or grown on the ground, whatever it is. And then 20%, you have the freedom to do whatever the fuck you want with, because I think that that is another important thing to have. Now, that 20% can be used in whatever way that you want, processed foods, wheat thins or Cheez-Its or whatever the fuck you're eating. And... Yep. It, it, I think that I think that they're both, important both, to have both twenty <laughs> percent. Um, but the point that I want to make with that is: so whenever you're talking about thermodynamic effect of food and thermogenesis, your body processes is, processes food differently. So, fats. If we talk about fats, carbs, and protein, it's about not point five. I think it's not point five percent of your calories consumed from fats are burned during digestion. For carbs, it's between 5 and 15%. And for proteins, it's between 20 and 30%. And the same for fiber. So you'll understand why I always make an importance of, of protein because it's the highest thermodynamic effect. So examples straight off the top of my head, if you eat 100 calories worth of protein, it's going to take between 20 and 30 calories of that protein source to actually digest it. Does that make sense? Yep, absolutely. So there's a lot of studies in, in line with processed foods and the the general consensus on it is that you lose up to about 50% of that thermodynamic effect of food if the food has been processed because obviously it's already been broken down in some, some way, shape or form. So one point that I wanted to note on that is the, the quality of the calories matters more, if not as much, um, as the as the quantity of them. That makes that makes a lot of sense, and, and you know it's, what's kind of interesting too. You know when I'm looking for a snack, right? You know if I you know I, let's just say it's in between meals, and I'm looking for a snack, right? What what will definitely not fill me up is going for like a bag of chips or you know a, a bar of something, even though Anna bars are delicious. Yeah, um, all right, I cannot I cannot <laughs> agree that they are delicious. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, you know, but when you're eating something like whole foods, like chicken or rice or steak or veggies or whatever it ends up being, you know, those are much more fulfilling, both from a micro and macronutrient perspective, but also, you know, what your body's doing to break those down because they are, you know, whole foods that your body has to break down and you hit those, those thermogenic effects of, of those foods themselves versus, you know, processed foods. You know, it's, it's actually rare for me. The only thing that, I, again, I, I, I snack on from a processed food perspective typically are pretzels. I like salty pretzels. Um, I like, uh, obviously, new, um, uh, wheat thins and Cheez-Its, right? And, you know, but, but here's the thing. I have to be really, really careful when I'm eating wheat thins or Cheez-Its because I can eat a whole box without even paying attention, right? And, you know, and you're still not full. So, you know, they, they really don't have a, a massive intake around how you feel from a digestion perspective of having that full fuel unless you polish off an entire box of those. So like, I actually have to like, what I'll do now, if I'm doing wheat, first of all, I don't have in my house anymore, but if I did, um, I would have, you know, I, I would get myself a, a bowl and I would actually count out how many wheat thins I'm going to eat. And then I put the box away and then I go downstairs with those wheat thins and that's all I have to ration. So I'll just snack on them, you know, through an hour of like two, you know, two hour periods. You know, just because I, otherwise I would just keep eating the box and keep eating the box and keep eating the box and I just wouldn't pay attention. And so, you know, I, I think it's important to note that, you know, as you're eating things, try to go more towards whole foods. Fruits are great. You know, you obviously you need to be careful on fruits too. You don't want to eat a mass ton of those, uh, you know, as you're going through, it's a lot of sugar, but it's still great for you from a whole food perspective. A lot of great micronutrients from that as well. Um, you know, things that you could do to, to, you know, kind of fill you up when I, when I'm trying to go for snacks, I like oatmeal and I like uh, Greek yogurt. Those are like my two snacking foods um, that I typically use as I'm going through and trying to get either carbs or, or protein. Kind of cheese yeah, is also really good. The um, 
a quick sort of side note on what you're talking about there. I think there is, and I'm not against it in any way, shape or form. So hear me out. I think there is a big sort of culture of like a snacking culture that you have, you know, three meals and two snacks or whatever else. And I I would to an extent recommend that sometimes. And you're talking about being hungry. And I think that there's a, there's always a, a big piece of the puzzle that's missing whenever it comes to being hungry. And I think I've mentioned this before, the difference, and I have to, um, I have to credit Matt for this, the difference between psychologically and physiologically hungry. So for example, if we talk back, if we go back to the conversation about intermittent fasting or windowed eating, if you have spent your whole life eating breakfast at 7 a.m. every single morning, and then you decide that you're going to push that back to 11, because that's whenever you're going to start your, your, your eating window, you're going to be hungry. Your body's going to tell you that you're hungry at 7 a.m. because it's used to getting that meal. So it's psychological hunger that you think oh shit right i'm actually hungry and i can relate this back to myself whenever i used to do the extended fasts the majority of the day i was fine so i would have done a 36 hour fast finished my dinner on a tuesday evening wednesday morning i would have been okay wednesday like lunchtime i would have been hungry i'm like oh my god i can't do this like i'm not going to make it but that wave would have passed the time would have passed it would have been a psychological hunger then dinner time would have came around the same thing i totally fucked it picking that day by the way as a sort of side note because wednesday would have always been the day that i did my meal prep for thursday friday saturday so you can imagine i hadn't eaten in 24 hours i couldn't eat until the next morning because i wanted to do the fast and i'm prepping my food for the next day so i'm literally cooking food but anyway so there's a difference between being psychologically and physiologically hungry physiologically hungry is obviously whenever you feel it and your body's craving the calories you need it so recognizing those two things i think is important the other thing to recognize is in a fat loss phase, in a in if you are you know if the goal is fat loss, then being a little bit hungry is a good thing. Your body feeling hunger is is basically what fat loss should be. It's fat oxidization. So calories in versus calories out will be weight loss. Fat oxidization is what comes from being hungry. So that's the feeling that you get. So if you are like, oh my god, I'm hungry, I need to get a snack. Just, I don't want to say have a glass of water as a snack, but have a glass of water and think, right, am I actually hungry or do I just need something to fill me up? And try and push that back a little bit because if you can extend that window, then you can get a, a little bit more from, from your fat loss attempts. You're on mute. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah I, was going, I was going on really good there too. I, I, don't, I don't think I can repeat what I just said. It was just so brilliant. Um, no, uh, there, there's actually a lot of good studies on... The, the feeling of hunger uh, as being a good thing. Your body actually starts to uh, clean up excess toxins, cleans up your body, repairs itself better. Um, you know, and, and we become obviously a society that is never hungry. Food is plentiful, you know, there for us all the time. So, you know, having that, that feeling of hunger is a good thing. And you know, actually someone was in the discord channel, I was just a couple of days ago saying, Hey, at night, do you all just get like a super massive, like crave for carbs that you just want to eat a bunch of stuff at night? And the truth of the matter is, yeah, you, you, you know, I get hungry at night. Um, you know, when I haven't eaten, I, I try to take, you know, we talked about intermittent fasting or feeding windows. I try to stop eating around eight o'clock and don't eat again until 10 a.m. It's kind of my little window of not eating. So if I, you know, stop, let's just say it's seven, seven thirty or eight, you know, by 10, 11 o'clock at night, I'm starting to feel pretty hungry. Right. And, and, uh, the next morning, interesting enough, what's interesting about that is I think once you get under the, the initial hump of being hungry, and this is true when we used to do the the 24-hour fasting, which, you know, I made the mistake of doing a 24-hour fast uh, when I did cardio, uh, which is like the worst idea ever. I would literally do anything. Uh, but um, it's one of those things where I think, you know, you look at at the, 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 the hunger, it quickly subsides if you get over the initial hump. You know, let's just say it's the first half hour or hour, right? But it's it's our, our stimulus that, that gets us. It's like, oh, I'm hungry. I need to go get food. Oh, I'm hungry. I need to eat this. You know, I think it, it'll do you really good if you just, hey, go get a good big glass of water, use that, you know, as a, as a mechanism, and then, you know, wait a little bit and see if you're still hungry and if your body actually needs it or not. Because most times it's just your emotional aspect of things telling you that you need to eat versus, you know, actually needing something to eat. Yeah, well, I think, you know, obviously we're going to get into the topic of, of hormones and whatever else. But if you think, you know, again, if we relate it back to the, if you start to skip breakfast and push that back, at 7 a.m. or 6.30 every single morning, your body is going to release ghrelin, which is your hunger hormone. So your body's going to be like, oh shit, right, we're hungry. Is it actually hungry or is it just your body telling you you're hungry? Like, do you actually need the food or is it just mm -hmm. like that hormone being released in your system? And like, we all know that you can't, you know, 
what your hormones are doing, what they're telling you, basically controlling everything that's going on. So, you know, it is an actual thing, but it's just being able to sort of separate the two. Um, it's being able to separate the two from each other. The hormone topic, again, is 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 the second thing that I wanted to break up, bring up. So we've spoken about the quality and the quantity of calories. The next thing that I want to talk about is as important as calories are, the environment to which they enter is also as important. So if you imagine, if we talk about metabolic function and if we talk about hormones, if those things are jacked up, it doesn't matter what you're doing from a calorie perspective. And you'll know this, we've spoken about this before, we deal with it. This is why I have an exhaustive check-in sheet that goes through absolutely everything. This is why I have an exhaustive initial questionnaire because you can come to me and go, okay, wait, I want to lose X amount of body fat and whatever else. I can't go, okay, calorie deficit because I don't fuck all about you. I don't know how you handle stress, how your sleep is, what your day-to-day routine is, what your life's like. All these things I need to start to gather information on because if there's something that we need to do first before we get that, then we need to get that out of the way because the analogy, again, credit Matt, the, is he used, you know, if you have all of your engine warning lights, all of your engine management lights on on the car, if it's completely fucked, it doesn't matter how much fuel you're putting in the car, that's not going to fix the problem. So it's about going through each of those lights, looking at your stress, looking at your digestion, looking at your sleep, looking at your ability to recover, your energy levels, your ability to focus, all the things that we go through on a daily basis in the check-in sheet, making sure they're all in line. And then you go, okay, right, do you know what? Now it's time for fat loss phase or now it's time to to take in the calorie deficit. Yeah, it's, it's a good point that you brought up because like today in my, in my check-in, the last thing when I did my video, you know, I said, listen, you know, some of the key indicators that you listen for are, you know, hey, you know, I'm under a lot of stress right now, right? And, and I'm under a lot of stress right now. Like work is really stressful. Just, you know, sheer volume of stuff that I have to deal with and, you know, busyness and adding new people and all this other stuff. Plus, you know, top of it, all the things I've taken on. And so, you know, it's, it's been a stressful couple of weeks. And, um, and, and, you know, you're like, cool, let's take a look at that. And you look at the whole picture and you say, okay, good, your HRV and your resting heart rate is, is pretty much in line with what it was last week before. So it doesn't look like it's impacting you too much. Your sleep is in a good good spot. So that's a good thing to see. You know, your your macronutrients as far as where you get from a calorie perspective is, is good. Your weight's staying stable so that it doesn't seem to be affecting you. But obviously, if those indicators start to change, you know, we need to start looking at addressing it either with additional sleep or, you know, ways to recover more. And you'd mentioned, obviously, potentially taking out you know something but it's not going to happen but you know uh <laughs> but that's you know that's that's the, the conversation that you get into like you're yeah, talking yeah, about calories yeah. in versus calories out that basically is saying that you need to do more and eat less some yes. situations will apply that you need to do eat less. more and do less and some will be like you need to eat more and do more so there's so many other ways that you can sort of look at it but it's yeah. it's been able to look at that biofeedback number one having the data but being able to look at that biofeedback and understand what these different things mean because okay right we track all these things and i try and explain them as much as possible in in the first call and i know people look at that check-in sheet and they say be like, like fuck, there's like 70 different rows here that i have to fill on a daily basis but this is what gives us that approach and it means that you can come to me and i have done this before in your check-in that i'm like look these are off a bit are you stressed and you're like uh yeah actually i am and i'm like right we need to pull back on this or add food in or do we need to take a weekend off or do we need to do the deload week touchy subject or do we need to increase (laughs) calories or do we need to get a lot of mention the d word remember (laughs) (laughs) yeah but there's so many different things that we can do that's not just you know say for example you and i were in a fat loss phase and you had this same week and i was just a calories in calories out person and i was to look at your check and you're like oh you haven't lost weight this week that's less calories or more cardio if your body's not in a state to handle a calorie deficit to lose fat or lose weight it doesn't matter how many times i drop your calories or increase your cardio it's not going to change so am i going to just continue to you know put a square peg in a round hole by going okay next week nothing changed less calories more cardio and the next thing you know you've got 200 calories a day and you're doing five hours cardio every single day because calories in versus calories out so you would expect that at some point that would start to work so then we need to just take everything back and as i have done and as we do do is we look at everything and go okay right you're not sleeping so potentially you're not sleeping that's going to increase your your leptin and ghrelin hormones that means you're going to be hungry or you're not going to feel full is your food slightly off how do you feel what's your stress like stress obviously causes inflammation inflammation causes stress so you get in this fucking rabbit hole of circles and it's like right okay we need to just strip all this back and what do we need to deal with first and you know as i've said again before like you're dealing with stress right now from a work and a life perspective everything that we do from a gym cardio everything else perspective is Stresses. also stress on your body yeah. so you going in a stress state it's like 
<coughs> if you were on fire, I'm not going to throw fire at you. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it needs to be right. Okay. Like, how are we going to manage this slightly differently? Well, it's, it's interesting how bodies work too. And, and how you mentioned the hormonal balance of things, right? Um, when we were doing our bulking phase with the power building program, you know, I was up to what 4,000 calories. And, you know, at that point in time, I was gaining maybe a pound, you know, a week. Right. And that was controlled, you know, what we were looking forward to go and doing that. But now, you know, I'm at, you know, 1500 less calories in that. And I'm staying about the same, or even in certain cases, obviously gaining. So I'm at what, 233 right now. You know, and I think at the heaviest I was there in that 4,000 thing, I was at 230. So, you know, I've actually gained some weight as I, I went into this, but I'm also on TRT from a testosterone perspective. So, you know, even being in a deficit, you know, I'm gaining muscle mass as things are going along. So I'm prioritizing muscle building versus, you know, um, everything else. So it's, it's an interesting balance where, you know, I would have expected myself to lose weight substantially at 2,500 calories. We were down at 2,400 calories, I think, at one point in time. And, you know, it was just, it's just an interesting For one day, one day, that's your, yeah, non, like, one like you do one yeah. non-training day a week and it's that, <laughs> like, come on. It's 2,200, it's 2,200 for non-training days. But the other, um, the, I, I'd like to, the point that's actually this, easy this, to do, by the way, I, I, actually, this, 2,200 calories in a non-training day is actually easy for me to do. So that doesn't bother me. This, this takes us back to the, the conversation of the difference. And this is a whole other conversation that we can go, we can have it another time, but there's a difference between weight loss and fat loss. So as yes. I said earlier on, like, your weight will fluctuate, especially as you mentioned, because of TRT. So yes, okay, you are potentially putting on muscle because your body's in a position that it can handle it. Your body's also in a position that on a hormonal level, it can it can process food. It's the nutrients it can absorb and uptake them a lot better than you know if you hadn't been on TRT. So that's what happened from a muscle building perspective. From a weight perspective, that that ticks that box. But from a fat loss perspective, that fat oxidization that I was talking about earlier on, that's what's happening. So we are getting heavier we are building muscle but we were also getting leaner at the same time i did and, i just yeah, pointed out your obliques in your chat yeah. and you did and like like there, there are no that's great yeah mention it no no i i was like oh no, as you're doing i'm like yeah no i'm like like looking I'm like yeah yeah you know, uh, but uh no it's 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 interesting because in in and for those that, that aren't familiar trt testosterone replacement therapy we have a whole podcast on that and there's a lot of great research around that you know and, and I'm, again i'm not advocating go go on trt it's very much the specific devil. on you as an individual. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, you know, get your, get your, get your uh, free and direct testosterone. Uh, check your estradiol or estrogen. Um, and, you know, I, I'd also recommend thyroid uh, from a blood work perspective to see where you're at. But as you get older, your testosterone levels drop, which reduces your ability to, you know, put on muscle mass, sex drive, energy levels, brain clarity, you name it. Testosterone's like the miracle hormone for men, uh, especially as we age. So, you know, I, I, I had extremely low testosterone to the point of what's called hypogonadism. Doctor recommended that I go on testosterone. And so I ride normal levels of testosterone as I go along. But, you know, uh, when you look at, at, at what's actually been accomplished, I mean, you know, what I'm looking for is, and this is why, you know, the, the whole scale discussion that we always have too, is, is the scale is deceiving, right? Your scale is one data element of many data points that you should be looking at overall, right? So if your scale yeah, is literally going, seven, there's literally seventy three things in the check-in sheet. I have it here in front of me. There's seventy three yeah. rows in this. It's crazy. Sheet. It's a lot. Oh, of it, takes, it takes me five minutes to go through. It takes me five minutes yeah. to go through. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You know, and, yeah. and um, you know, so you know, one your measurements, right? So I have this Rempo measurement uh, piece here. So measuring your waist, you know, your hips, your arms, your shoulders, your neck, your quads, your calves, and you know, if you're seeing, you know, that you're gaining weight and that you're you're your hips and your waist is gaining weight, you're probably adding some body fat, right? doesn't mean you're not gaining muscle, but you're probably adding some body fat. Um, you know, if your arms are getting bigger, your legs are getting bigger, your, you know, your shoulders are getting bigger, your, your chest and your waist is staying the same or reducing, you're probably losing weight and adding muscle. So, you know, it, those sc the scale is, is just a, a, a barometer to say, hey, are we in a controlled manner here? You know, are we gaining five pounds a week, which is probably going to mean we're adding a lot of body fat because you can't, build muscle that quick at all um you know or are we losing two pounds a week where we want to be at are we losing three pounds a week or do we need to adjust our calories to you know get more to what we wanted to, to, to do from a desired results perspective but again going back to ben's point it's not just calories in versus calories out it's also understanding your body and adjusting quarterly to what your objectives and your goals are for your body yeah, absolutely. And a side note to this, uh, I did Louise's check-in earlier on and she has, uh, we go through different periods of when the scales are pissing her off. So I'm like, just don't weigh yourself for a while. She is 
infinitely in a better mood in her check-ins when she's not weighing herself. So if the scales are fucking you off, literally go up to the bathroom now or wherever you keep them and fuck them out the window because you do not need to have that data if it's pissing you off. Because I've yeah. had it before where clients will literally go, oh, you know, they step in the scale and it puts them in a bad mood for the day. I'm like, it's just one data point in so many. Like yeah. I can literally go look at all this other shit that's going on. Like look at your, you know, look at the strength, look at this moving, look at your HRV, look at your rest and heart rate. Everything else is so great. But because they've been so conditioned that the scale is the number. They're like, well, that's that's up and I'm pissed off and I'm going to be in a bad mood for the rest of the day. And I'm like, okay, right. Well, I mean, just fuck them out the window then. So yeah, I, I was tangent about the scale, but yes, I think, well, that's, you know, that's taken me, that's taken me a long time to get over myself. Yes. Right? And, yes. Know, I mean, yeah, that yeah. was, I mean, it was a year or more before I, I stopped being concerned about the scale. Right. Because I mean, again, the scale is, you know, for, for me being morbidly obese when I was, when, when I was in my, my, my worst times, you know, the scale was everything, right? You know, like I just see myself creeping up and you losing grip and reality of, of, of your body, your control of your health and everything else. And you just keep going up and keep going up and keep going up. And you're like, I'm trying to work. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. I'm just losing control. And you know, it's this whole fear thing because you know, you're now 315, 317 pounds and you have no ability, you know, you're lost. Right. And you know, what's different about what happened then versus what's happening now is I'm 100% in control, right? If, if I decide, listen, I don't want to be 230, right? I, I want to be 200. I could do that. Absolutely do that. Hands down. Now, I'm not going to do that because I, I like growing, growing muscle. But uh, I was thinking know. there's no way you would want to do it. If I go no, right, no, next week, no, check in, we, we need to get, we need to lose 30 pounds. You'd be like, yeah. eh, sorry, <laughs> we're done. We're done here. Nah, yeah, we're, um, no, but, but I mean, but I can absolutely do that. It's, it's, it's a controlled you know, and, and, and doing it for the right reasons, right? You know, I'm, I'm doing it to get to the type of body type that I want to get to. I want to look like Jack Reacher, you know, like that's, that's what I want to look like. That guy is awesome. You know, so, you know, we got to get him on the podcast. He's a nice guy. Like, he responds to tweets and everything. That guy's super cool. Tweet him um, down, see, see if he come yeah, on. Let's even get him. That'd be awesome. Like, dude, get Jack Reacher. I, I, I would just sit here the entire time, but I can't talk. I'm so starstruck. <laughs> <laughs> I think the the you know this this again comes back to the point of of taking the time to understand your own body and yourself. Because you're right. You know, if I decided, okay, I needed to get to 200 pounds because for some fucking reason, whatever, and um, I could do it. I know exactly what I needed to do. I could work it out. I know exactly how my body responds to certain things. But because I've been doing it for the past eight years or however long it's been like I have that understanding so you need to sort of take time to understand what works for you how you can adapt things what your you know how your body changes over time as well because you know you stand in front of me right now the things that we do if I had have got you to do them 18 months ago your body wouldn't have responded in the same way probably wouldn't have responded at all it'd be like what the yeah. fuck is going on here but you know even even understanding that you're your body is in a massively different position now from the amount of muscle mass that you have, from a metabolic function, from, you know, everything that we've spoken about here. And that's, again, where it comes down to, you know, if you were 230 pounds the last time before we started working together, yeah. the stuff that we're doing now wouldn't have worked the same way that it did then yeah. because you were in a met different metabolic state and, you know, everything else that we have sort of worked on since then. So I think that's sort of a good, a good point to note as well. Man, I tell you, I, I, um, I watch the WeHack Health community, obviously, quite a bit. And, you know, it's it's so inspirational to see folks go through different struggles, you know, like on the women's side of the house versus the men, you know, versus, you know, being extremely overweight to being, you know, medium overweight and catching and trying to, to you know, but, but what's awesome to see is that, you know, everybody's understanding that this is a process, you know, we... It's something where you're going to continuously struggle with. You're going to continuously, you know, have to put work and effort into it. But it's a thing that, you know, if you make it as part of your lifestyle, uh, you will be successful at it. And and it's been really inspirational to see just the journeys of a lot of these folks and the progress that they've had over short periods of time and medium periods of time and long periods of time. And those that have been doing it for a long time, you know, you look at Yuri, and you're like, man, that's that's incredible, right? You know, he was he was obese as well, you know, and and to see his journey, I mean, he's he's in the probably 0.01% of people that have been successful in that type of journey to build a body like that coming from where he was. Right. And so those types of, of folks are so inspirational to see. And, you know, it's crazy to think, you know, I, I look back at when I was 317 pounds uh, and I was, you know, just, you know, the things that you tell yourself then, right. You know, it's like, Oh, I know I'm a bit overweight, but I'm big boned. You know, and, 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 and people will think that too. Like, you know, I remember my friend Dave telling me, I think I said this on a previous podcast, but I remember a friend telling me saying, like, I never really looked at you as like being like super 
fat or whatever, because I was just used to seeing you as who you were. And then when you dropped it, I was like, oh shit, like he was really big, you know, like he was a really big dude. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really cool to see the progress of a lot of folks and really taking it by the horns and trying to understand their bodies. And ultimately, you know, this is not, um, an exclusive club that, you know, only a few people can do, or your genetics are prohibiting you from doing it. You know, this is doable for everybody, right? It's calories in versus calories out with nuances, right? And, uh, calories in versus calories out ish. Ish. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but I, I guess the the main reason that I wanted to bring this is because I didn't want people to put the effort in and not get the result and think that there was a problem with them. I mean, in a roundabout way, there is a problem somewhere, but it doesn't mean that we can't work it out on whatever it is. Do you know what I mean? You just need to look at your sleep. You need to look at your energy. You need to look at your digestion. You need to look at your stress. You need to look at your recovery, your environment, You know how your body processes and handles food. Like If you think about nine times out of 10 people that I speak to live or have lived for an extended period of time in their life eating processed foods. So there are obviously metabolic consequences to that. And I think that, you know, I I talk about this a lot at the start of of anybody's journey. Like I'm not going to give you a massive calorie deficit. Sometimes I actually increase calories and people think I've lost the fucking plot, but definitely think I've lost the plot. But my goal with that is if I start to introduce nutrient dense foods and whole foods, you're going to think, well, technically you are eating more volume of food, but your body can process it and handle. You're going to feel better. And, you know, it's, I don't want to say it's reversing those things, but it's getting you in a better place or it's optimizing how your metabolism works. And, you know, that accompanied with a well put together training program, you can make a lot of progress to get your body in a position that you go, right, I'm firing on all cylinders here. All my engine management lights are off. It's good to go. Deficit time. Let's get fucking shredded. You know, that's that's one thing. I, uh, last topic I want to hit on in this you know, before we close it out. You know, Where to and, buy your multivitamins? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm the devil for him. For got it. I it. I, I've been called a lot much worse, so we're good. Uh, you know, the, the, the thing that was interesting to me when, when starting this program and, and when you started looking at like my macro breakdowns, you first start off with, listen, get your protein intake of this and I don't care about anything else, right? You know, because you know, you're yeah. just trying to get me into a system that allows me to discuss it and also understand like where my food is at, how I'm getting that food. And then from there kind of improve over time. Right. And one of the things that once I started getting down really well, my, my macros in the side of protein. So, you know, let's just say I was getting 210 grams of protein or 200 grams of protein, which, you know, everybody complains of like, I can't get hundred grams of protein. I'm like, man, I eat 250 grams of protein a day and it's not a problem. You know, it's like, I know it's a lot, but you know, it's like some people are doing 300 calorie, you know, 300 grams of protein. I've, I've had 300 plus days. 450, 450, help, help me. 450. Oh my God. Help me a big boy, man. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's it's one of those things where, you know, you, you start off small and you figure out what works for you and what doesn't, what type of food you eat, what you like, what you don't, and then supplement as necessary with like protein shakes and things to that effect, right? And what's interesting about, you know, where my, my, food intake started going to is you started saying, well, listen, Hey, I'm noticing here that you're, you're hitting your protein goals spot on. Great. Let's take a look at, at how you're feeling. So how do you feel during the week? Well, I feel kind of sluggish. You know, I don't feel like I have enough energy and you're like, okay, let's, let's try cutting down some of the fats and focusing more on, on carbohydrates, you know, for, from an energy source perspective, I'm like, okay, I'll try that. And boom, all of a sudden I started having a lot more energy. I started having a lot more, you know, motivation, you know, the, the workout routines got much more intense you know, because I had the additional energy to go and do it. And the same thing when we started doing the power building stuff, you're like, listen, we're going to increase your calories substantially because the power building stuff is going to tax the hell out of your body. You need a lot more energy to be able to deal with it. And you know, what was interesting about that is, you know, the, the whole goal of the power building program was to put on as much damn muscle as possible in that period of time. And, you know, when I was, when I was popping 3,500 to 4,000 calories a day, I felt like a God, you know, like, I mean, it was, I mean, the amount of energy that I had, the, amount of, of ability to throw weights and wanting to throw more and foaming from the mouth and screaming out loud. I definitely would have got kicked out of Planet Fitness, you know, was at an intensity level that I've never experienced before, right? So food is one of those things that is such an important thing to knock down as you're going through all of this, but keeping it within the confines of what you're doing and knowing when to adjust and how to adjust yourself in a way um, that is most optimal for you. Again, Yuri, you know, still does calories, you know, still does you know, carbs, he does about 200 car- uh, grams of carbs a day, but he also influxes more fat. Whereas I'm more on the 250 to 300 grams of carbohydrates a day, less fat on that side. So it's just what works best for you and what, how to optimize the most amount of energy that you have. 
Exactly. And I think that's exactly the point. It needs to be what works best for you because what works for me might not work for you, might not work for anybody else. You need to work that out for yourself. And it literally just comes down to either someone giving you the guidance like I have done with you or just trial and error as to like, okay, right, you know, how many grams of carbs can I eat before I start to feel like this or how many grams of fat or what if I change this or what if I immediately at that? Like, what way do I feel? And it's about actually being in tune with yourself either track the data or actually just, you know, instead of just doing it and going through the process of eating food because, you know, that's what you have to do to stay alive. Like, how can you optimize it and how can you be better in it? Yep. That's all we're trying to do at the end of the day. Optimization, figuring things out. And that's why you mentioned the thing of, hey, if it's 1% better for us to go and have a multivitamin, I'm going to effing do it because it's 1% better, right? Or if, you know, something gets me 1% better without impacting my body from a longevity perspective, I'm going to go and do it, right? You know, because it's all about optimization and figuring, figuring out what works best for you. Like, for me, I take, you know, I like doing cardio on a fasted stomach. A lot of people don't. You know, for me, I like, you know, uh, eating a bunch of carbs an hour before I work out. Most people like to do that too. And I also eat a lot of carbs after I get done too with replenishing glycogen stores. So it's like, you know, these, these things that you figure out as you're going through how your body works and what's ultimately best for you is ultimately going to be what's best for you to optimize yourself. And again, everybody's different. And it's just a matter of trial and error as you go through things to figure out what's best. Yeah, that's it. Awesome. That was a great podcast, man. Good job on the topic. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Right. Thanks everybody for joining. Thanks everybody who shares at We Hack Health. Hashtag We Hack Health. I genuinely love seeing you people be on board on that. I appreciate everybody's support within the group. Anybody has any ideas, recommendations for topic, wants anybody on, you know what to do. Give us a shout. And everybody remember, take your multivitamins. Take your multivitamins. <laughs> Later, right. everybody. Catch you. Catch you. <laughs>